Bigley and Marotta. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigley Blast. Hey, Suns fans, yeah, you, the ones throwing in towels, jumping off bandwagons, and fleeing the scene. I've got a question for you. How do you expect your team to be sturdy and resilient in the face of extreme adversity when you've already given up on them before their first home game of the series? Now, granted, things look a little bleak. Chris Paul is injured again. Kevin Durant could not deliver in Game 2 in exactly the situation the Suns acquired him for in the first place, and the head coach has made a mess out of his rotation and minutes allocated to his top players, a bill that finally came due in the fourth quarter at high altitude last night. But all is not lost just yet, and for Suns fans to be jet-tripping out of this series after two games is a really bad look. Do you not remember how comfortable we felt when the Suns led the Mavericks two games to zip? Did you not watch the 76ers beat the Celtics without Joel Embiid last night. So how did the Suns pull it off? Well, KD has to get back to his normal superstar self, obviously. Either he or Devin Booker must be the best player in every game from this point going forward, and the schematic decisions and rotational choices made over the next few days might determine whether Monty Williams is coaching this team next season. But I refuse to panic until the Suns lose a home game, and that hasn't happened yet. And in the end, they all need to remember what I told my fellow Lincoln Eagles when we were getting blown out of a 6th grade gymnasium. When there's a will, there's a way! Alright, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com He just missed a ton of shots, but... You know, we got a lot of the shots we wanted. You know, he and Book um, took most of the shots. We just didn't shoot a great percentage tonight. And that, that kind of stuff happens. Um, they only scored 97 points. Um, our defense was much better tonight. We just couldn't put the ball in the hole. It's Monty Williams post game on uh, Kevin Durant's uncharacteristic shooting night. Uh, but going back to the blast, where there's a will, there's a way. Those <laughs> words will always hover above this show. <laughs> That's kind of an unofficial motto of Bickley and Murata mm-hmm. mornings. Mm-hmm. Can't, uh, it, it was me at my very dorkiest. And re- remind me again how that game went for the Lincoln Eagles. <laughs> yeah, you came back and win. Did you come back from an 0-2 deficit? <laughs> Did you get your point guard back? <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it worked out well for us. Oh, okay. I think my uh, my psychological implorings didn't really have much effect. But again, we're talking about sixth grade kids in the yeah. south side of Chicago. <laughs> I, I, I brought this up in our discussion with Tom Leander. This is the 17th time that the Suns have been down 0-2 in a series. Um, you know, they've won one of the previous 15. But... That doesn't mean things are impossible. There, there's different factors in all playoff series. We know this. A lot of those series that I mentioned were best of three as opposed, or uh, best of five as opposed to uh, best of seven, or maybe even best of three in some instances in NBA history. The Suns have also been on the other side of 0-2 comebacks in each of the last two postseasons. I mean, Milwaukee came back from an 0-2 deficit. Mm-hmm. Dallas came back from an 0-2 deficit. These things are not impossible. No. The, now, the, the, the Suns can't continue to play the way that they're playing and expect to climb back into this series. But another thing that Tom Leander said was a lot of the things that needed to be addressed from game one were addressed. 
you know, the Suns took more three-pointers. Now the next step is making more three-pointers. <laughs> they, they shot 31. Six of 31, 19% is not going to cut it. But it was a more... A, a more modern part of their attack offensively. They did a much better job in guarding uh, Jamal Murray. They they were physical with him. He was frustrated to the point where he made a shot late as the Nuggets were pulling away in that in that final push, and he kind of threw his hands up and was like, "Finally!" He was a frustrated basketball player last night. Mm-hmm. You know, they did a much better job on the offensive glass, uh, both. Getting on it and keeping Denver off of it. So yeah. There were things that were improved. We haven't really touched on the Jokic piece of it yet. Okay. The the defensive strategy on Jokic last night was to put DeAndre Ayton one-on-one, and they're not going to double, and Jokic, whatever he gets, he gets. And he was fantastic last night. Mm-hmm. 39 points, 17 of 30 from the floor. He added 16 rebounds and 5 assists. But even with that stat line, that's a winnable game. I'm wondering, and I'm not going to attack Monty Williams for this strategy at all. I'm just mm-hmm. wondering. I'm thinking out loud. When that game, you know, you you had the baseline for how that game was going to go, and you knew it was going to be low scoring and a defensive struggle, and you saw some really capable shooters struggling early in that game for Denver, I wonder if maybe it would have been prudent for the Suns to sprinkle in a little bit more of a double team. Yeah, listen, I, you, you brought up some really good points. That, the small ball, when, when Nikola Jokic um, is on the bench, the Suns in the first two games, one of one of their most uh, heinous failures is the fact that they have not won the non-Jokic minutes. In fact, they've mm-hmm. let the nug- Nuggets skate in the non-Jokic yes. minutes, and and that's a bad, bad deal. Um, I, I Listen, I like everything you're saying. I, I think in a broader context— you got three days before game three, and, and Monty Williams needs to do the following. Not only does he need to find a way to, to compensate for at the point guard position, and, and, I, and I'm confident that there is ways to get that done, but he needs to settle on a rotation for the rest of the series. Kind of what Tom Leander said, what we've been saying all morning. It, whatever moves you make going into game three, make them inviolate going forward. Create a strategy and then pour confidence into the strategy by sticking with it. And, and be, because the game-to-game fluctuations uh, are, uh, are not where it's at this time of year. And Monty Williams, it almost looked like they were holding, like you said, holding auditions in the first half last night, playing 11 different guys. And and, and you could fool yourself into thinking it was working because the Suns were doing a lot of things well. I, I mean, at halftime of the game, the Nuggets had zero offensive rebounds. They had zero second chance points, and those two are obviously correlated. Suns had nine offensive rebounds. They had 15 more field goal attempts. They were doing Everything they set out to do after that game one loss, and 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 so the plan that plan was working. And if you supplement that plan with shot making, if Kevin Durant has just a, an average game for him, I believe the Suns win that game. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're really that far away from climbing back into this series. But but I do think that there needs to be there needs to be some real resilience from this basketball team. And and I think you'll know really on early on um, in Game Three whether or not the belief is out the door or not. I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, Devin Booker post game last night, he he he's told the media that the first thing he did when he walked in the locker room is he said, "We have to embrace this. I, this is what the playoffs are about. Uh, every time I'm in the playoffs, if there's some BS going down. You got to relish this opportunity. Now, if if those are real, um, if those are heartfelt beliefs and not just 
words, then I think we're going to see a great game from Devin Booker. I, I think the clapback from Kevin Durant in games three and game four, I think we're going to see a monster of a player because um, KD... Ever since he came to Phoenix, he has been so generous with his time, with the media, with the fans, signing autographs. Last night, there was a, there was an edge to him after the game where he was pissed, and I think he was pissed at himself. And yeah. this is this is one of the NBA's greatest players. And and for people to to go down this road that ah, oh, see, we should have never made the trade, man. It's you don't deserve a player like Kevin Durant if that's what you think of Kevin Durant. And I think he is going to be um, more than monstrous the next couple of games. Will yes. it be enough? I'm not sure. But but I do think there's a way out of this. Uh, going back to your point on Devin Booker and what he said about embracing the bleep, that should be the t-shirt for game three. <laughs> embrace this bleep. The bleep. Yep. Mm-hmm. In purple and orange. Mm-hmm. And the fans need to embrace this bleep, too. Yeah, exactly. I want to get back into that with you, too. Uh, right. the, the point from the blast, too, about the fan behavior after mm-hmm. after a game like that in a series like this. I, mm-hmm. I think it's a fascinating topic. Let's do it. You can score the hottest ticket in town, playoff tickets to the Suns. Just text ticket to 620-620. Register and listen for your name starting tomorrow in the 7 a.m., noon, and 5 p.m. hours for your chance to qualify for tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Once again, that's ticket to 620-620. Want to open up the phone lines as well. Some more fan behavior. We'll get a, a study in this now at 602-260-9870. <laughs> Your thoughts on the Suns' loss and where they are down 0-2. Your phone calls next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on this Tuesday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. Oh uh, Yeah, slowed down Murray a bit. Um, he obviously had it going in the first game. and um, But Jokic was doing a little bit too much. Um, like I said, you know, so much happens. Um, I think we held him was at 97 points total. You know, usually that's a that's a win for us if we can get our offense going. That's Devin Booker post game last night. Yeah, ninety seven points. You'd feel really good if you knew that that was the Denver Nuggets total for a full basketball game about your chances to win. But the Suns could not get the offense going. Something to work on for Game Three Friday night as we open up the phone lines for some fan reaction to the uh, Suns Game Two loss to the Nuggets. The phone number. If you want to join the uh, festivities, 602-260-9870. Let's start out with our friend George in Tempe, who's up first here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, George. Hey, folks. How you doing? Uh, you know, I, I want to. I think I'd like to get a little input from Jared about uh, how he feels about uh, Aaron Gordon doing so much damage to the Suns. He's the U of A guy, but uh, you know, it's possible that the it's possible Nuggets have too many colors on our team. All these browns and greens are really hurting us. Um, it's, I don't know that um, I don't know that Monty is going to survive this this playoff um, season, and I, I'm I'm also uh, pretty skeptical about whether James Jones is going to is going to survive. I, I mean, you really got to look at James Jones is a big issue why the Suns are where they are because they just don't have the bench, and who's responsible for developing that? And I think it's some of it's going to fall on him. Um, I, I I last time we talked, you guys guys kind of took me to task for my my uh, statement about Devin Booker playing hero ball, and I think you misinterpreted what I meant. I'm not talking about Book operating at a higher level throughout the course of most of the game, at least the first three quarters, and the way he plays in the flow and puts the team on his back and shoots 
lights out. That's not hero ball to me. That's just that's just exceptionally high basketball. The hero ball I'm talking about is the ISO nonsense that, that he does in the fourth quarter when he feels like he's the only person who can, can save the team. And I just don't understand how Monty doesn't put a stop to that. It's just, you know, it's just not the way it, it's, it's counterintuitive to everything else that's happening. And, you know, yeah, we're not shooting well. And I know Book feels like he, he has to take the team on his back, but that's not going to get it done. And the Nuggets aren't a very good team. We can beat them, but we're not going much further in these playoffs. So we got to look to next year, I think. Yeah, George, no, listen, I think, I think you're accurate. There's a, there's a real nuanced balance between letting your two superstars um, play ISO ball and, and and this this beloved point five offense of Monty Williams, um, yeah, Devin Booker's got to make better decisions under duress, and it and it goes to the constant complaining to the officiating, and sometimes the ball getting sticky. There's a fine line between all of it. Yeah, and I don't disagree with the point on, on Hero Ball now, and, and the Suns' offense just evolved into ISO ball there, and it, it was a weird feeling because when that fourth quarter started after the third quarter and the way Devin Booker was cooking early on in that quarter, you had a. a an early miss uh, from Cameron Payne from three-point range. Then Craig missed one. Then Payne missed another one. And I, watching the game, had the feeling, it was like, all right, it, you know, Devin Booker and, and, and Kevin Durant are going to have to do this all by themselves because nobody else can actually put the ball in the hole. And I think maybe they had that feeling, and that feeling crept into them, too, and affected the way that they operated the offense or didn't operate the offense in the fourth quarter. It was it was frustrating. Uh, and we can get to George's points on, on, on you know, Monty and, and James Jones. Uh, when this series wraps up, mm-hmm. if this is indeed the end, which, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced it is, but let's keep it going on the phones uh, out to Avondale. Let's talk to Ramiro here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hey, Ramiro. Hey, guys. Uh, so, two things. One is this whole bench issue, uh, you know, how you guys were talking about. Uh, just the different rotations. There's two players that have played the least, or three. Basically hasn't played at all, you know, pretty much in the series. And then Ross... Uh, he averaged nine points per game with us during the regular season. He's averaging zero during this whole playoff. He's only played in two games. Uh, so, you know, I, I would hope Monty Williams would give them a shot. They're not great defensively, but what I'm seeing from uh, Akogi is it's not like the defense that he's given us. It's making an impact in the game, right? So I would hope that he gives you know, Ross and TJ Warren, at least a shot because they're better offensively. And then the other, the other thing, uh, basically going back to what your blast was talking about, how some fans were dropping off ship. Uh, so just from seeing other post game shows and, you know, fans talking with each other, I think what a lot of the, a lot of us, and the biggest frustration is with Monty is obviously the rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with the, with the bench, right? It just, how bad he's he's gone with and you know the whole musical chairs he goes with back and forth with the same player uh and then they you know we're just not making any shots so those are and then with chris paul you know a, a fan made a comment yesterday hey the only other thing that's most consistent of monty williams getting out coach is chris paul getting hurt so those are you know two of the biggest frustrations from what I heard from other fans yeah. talking about. Hey, we're just done. Like those are very fair. Gets injured every single year. Yeah, and and Monty Williams seems to get out coached in the playoffs every single year. Those are very very fair criticisms. But 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 the but the throwing up your hands and saying I'm done with this team, yeah. they're sunk. It, that's not appropriate. That's not that's not faithful fandom. And, and this is the time when when not only is the basketball team being tested, but this basketball town is being tested. Yeah, but. And, and 
that, something that Ramiro said too uh, on the frustration with Monty and the rotations, it, it, and it frustrates me. Is, it, is as fans, you can't have it both ways. You can't after a game two loss say Monty needs to stick to the same rotation when he did that and Landry Shamit was getting con- consistent exactly. playing time. Exactly. Everybody wanted Landry exactly. Shamit out. You can't have it both ways. Exactly. Monty Williams is trying to find something that works, and these guys are yeah. not working right they, now. Right. Uh, no. No. And 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 the fact that some of these bench pieces seem like interchangeable parts doesn't help the Suns one bit. James Jones deserves criticism for not having a bona fide high-level backup point guard on this roster knowing what Chris Paul has gone through. That's yes. the derelict duty, in my opinion. That's the it, one point that I think is valid yes. because, let's face it, the strategy changed overnight for the Phoenix Suns yes. this season. Yes. James Jones wasn't going to no. swing that deal. That was a no. Matt Ishbia production. Exactly. But as, exactly. Tom, as Tom Leander said, even going into the season before the trade, they never had a real sixth man on this team. Once Cam Johnson moved into the starting lineup and they never figured out anything with Jay Crowder, they never had a six man and they certainly don't know. That is true. And and you can point to the front office for that, too. Let's go to uh, Max and Chandler, who's up next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, Max. Yeah, hey, hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just had two comments. First, uh, you know, I've been watching most of the playoff games, and I, I've got to say, by far, last night's game, the intensity level, the excitement was the best I've seen in the postseason so far. And uh, secondly, um, you know, I, 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 I definitely agree if KD has a better game, we have a much better shot to win that game last night. But and I do see him coming back and, and, and – uh, redeeming himself, but I also see Jamal Murray doing the same. So I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on um, if you could, you think that would offset KD's uh, comeback in these next two games. Uh, yeah, that's a good KD, point. Yeah, listen, I, I, KD's on a different level than Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is a very explosive offensive player. Kevin Durant is an excellent two-way player who has been really good defensively. He's been really good on the boards. They're, they don't belong in the same sense. Just like Jamal Murray and Devin Booker really don't belong in the same sense. They're a lot closer, but that I I, I think I think Kevin Durant. I I personally believe what you see from Kevin Durant in games three and games four, you're going to see something. Really Really, really good because I I saw a noted change in him post game. He he was not happy with himself. Uh, he knows his standards as a basketball player. He's lived up to him for for the better part of sixteen years. Don't sleep on this guy, folks. No. Again, just don't do that. That's disrespectful to him. Let's uh, squeeze in Brian and Chandler here on Arizona Sports. What's up, Brian? Hey guys, thanks for taking the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, just want to. Just want to say, you know, we're good. The Nuggets took care of business at home like they were supposed to do. You kind of go look at that Warriors-King series. The Kings took two to start that out, and the Warriors uh, came back and got it done in seven. So I do want to bring up a play later on, kind of midway through the fourth, I believe. Aiton got an offensive rebound about seven feet from the hoop, looking exactly at, at the hoop, and didn't shoot it, kicked it out. You could totally tell Monty was frustrated with that um maybe a suggestion kind of more like college I know zones kind of get ripped up but throwing a one three one with our blank KD DA not all the time but just every once in a while get us out in transition and open up the three um we are missing a three-point shooter Cam Johnson but uh I think we'll be good we come home win two 
and uh, and get our mojo well, back. I, I, lo- I love your analogy because that's exactly what the Warriors and the Kings series look like. And after the Warriors showed that toughness of holding serve, the next three games became pure chaos. Yes. And, and that's what can happen here. If the Suns are resolute and, and find a way to get to the finish line and win both their home games, chaos is going to ensue. We lived through this. Suns Mavericks, exactly Suns Bucks. We did. Yeah, but, exactly we have. And I will say this, and I don't think it's a completely invalid point, but the Warriors, they're put together differently. And when you get down 0-2 and you're the Golden State Warriors and you've got three guys that have been in the core of four championships and a head oh, coach that's, that's been point. through those battles as well <laughs> against a team that's got no collective playoff experience. This Nuggets team is experienced together. The Suns have a lot of experience separately. I'm not saying it can't be done, but you know, it's not apples to apples in that comparison. Uh, good calls today. Appreciate all the uh, the action on the uh, phone lines. We talk uh, Suns playoffs and the frustration of all of it. You can also text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. But I do want to dive into that subject about fan behavior and reaction after losses. It's a passionate bunch, but they're not exactly the most patient bunch either. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. I love it. Um, you know, I just love playoff basketball. That's the first thing I said when I got in the locker room. Like, you, you just have to love this, race it. Um, you know, there's not many people that get the chance to do what we're doing, play in the highest level of basketball. So compete at the highest level. Don't forget to have fun with it. Um, and just get after it every time we get a chance. Devin Booker post game uh, following the Suns game two loss to the Nuggets last night. Booker was outstanding for the most part again last night. 14 of 29. He hit four of eight three pointers, 35 points, five rebounds, six assists uh, in the game. Just not enough uh, from everybody else. Uh, you know, the Suns hit only two other three pointers uh, last night. Uh, and those were from Kevin Durant, who missed 10 of his 12 three point attempts. Six for 31 and number that needs to improve moving forward regardless of the uh, setting but we know that setting will be footprint center for game three on Friday night and look I, I don't think the Suns fan base pick is unique in this way uh, I think it is uh, an emotional fan base especially after a game like, like last night where mm-hmm. you know we had a caller call up and didn't talk about the frustration, but talked about the intensity. That was an intense playoff basketball game last night. But I think that also leads to the extreme reactions. And I, I, I struggle with this. Um, and I, you've kind of talked me off of a ledge. And I'm not talking anybody off of a ledge here. But, you know, the emotional reactions of, oh, this is over. You know, the season sucks. This is, this is uh, you know, a t- complete failure of a trade to bring in Kevin Durant if you don't win a championship. I don't want to think about the offseason yet. I'm fascinated by the mm-hmm. prospects of what could happen this offseason, but there is plenty of basketball to be played. And we could very well hit the airwaves at 6 a.m. Monday morning 
talking about a pivotal Game 5 and a tied series. Because yeah. I don't think the separation between these teams is that big. I would, um, yeah, listen, uh, I'm with you on that. Wholly, heartedly with you on that. I think it would be an absolute shame if, if, the, if Chris Paul's last game as a member of the Phoenix Suns was last night, and if it ended with another postseason injury, his luck is so bad. It's Buzzard's luck, Vinny. How bad is it? It's Buzzard's luck, Vinny. And, and But that's on the table now. They've got something of a contract out that I, I fully expect them to utilize going forward um, unless they win a championship. And and so I, I think there's going to be a lot of changes coming unless they win a championship. So, again, if, if the players are if the players have a great deal of love for Monty Williams, they understand what's going on. They know what they know what's going on above them. Players are very very smart. Chris Paul is business wise, he's about as smart as they come. Yes. So so all this stuff is on the table. I I am complete agreement with you there. What I am imploring once again, Monty Williams, to do is whatever you do, or and, and I know how the next three days are going to unfold. Every media availability, he's going to be asked about what are you going to do, what are you going to change, and they're going to talk in circles, and they're going to keep their um, changes to themselves, and we will know Friday night about tip-off time when you get handed the starting lineups what they are doing. And, and but, but what I really want him to do now is to be precise, not precise. I, I want him to be um, uh, bold. I want him to come up with a plan, and I want him to stick to the plan. I want him to create a rotation for Game 3 moving forward and stick with it come hell or high water till the end of this series. Not too much to ask. Yeah. Because that's because this this left, this veering left, veering right, trying this, trying that, bowing to public pressure, benching Landry Shamit, this, this is not the way you get to the finish line. Yeah, and I don't know if it's public pressure, but there's certainly pressure. Yeah, and, and, and maybe look, that's overstating As a head coach... You're very much at the mercy of of the performance of the players to justify your decisions, and and Monty Williams has certainly lived that already in this postseason. You know there were questions: Why are you taking Josh Okogi out? You were eight zero with Josh Okogi in the starting lineup in Game One of the playoffs. We're putting Tory Craig in there. Tory Craig was outstanding in the first three games of the Clippers series. Since then, he's not done much. He's averaging two point eight points in nineteen minutes, and he's shooting thirty eight percent. He was averaging eighteen points for the first three, but. Monty got credit. Wow, he, he dialed it up. He pushed the right button. Well, Torrey Craig went out and played well. Monty Williams will get credit at some point, and this is a big if at this point. Mm-hmm. If he goes to somebody on the bench, let's say he goes back to Landry Shamit on Friday night, and Shamit hits for 12 points, plays good defense, and gives them a lift off the bench. We're like, wow, what a move by Monty, Monty Williams. You're yeah. at the mercy of your players' of course performance. You of course you are. Yeah, it's 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 a res- like they say, it's a make or miss league, it's a winner league lose league when you're a head coach and and that's you wear it when you don't and 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 all that is is kind of uh part of the territory here and i gotta tell you it's a challenge i I mentioned this after game one and you brought it up kind of in passing earlier in the show michael malone's post-game press conference last night I, i think this you know if this is a factor and you can draw anything from this is it the disrespect factor? So Michael Malone, again, last night took the podium and was still stumping for Nikola Jokic to win the MVP, which is going to get announced today. Whatever he said last night has no bearing on what's going to be announced today. But then he also talked about this goal, the ultimate goal of winning a championship, which I think is a foolish 
errand to go to to endeavor in for a franchise that's never been to the finals. I mean, get past the Suns first. I mm-hmm. I, I think there's maybe a little bit more of a, of a of a disrespect being employed by the Nuggets right now because they're they're talking about the ultimate goal. You don't see a lot of coaches go there in the second round of the playoffs. And maybe if the Suns need some sort of motivation, they can they can draw to that. I don't yeah, think they no, do. No, I- I, I hear it. I hear it. I, I feel what you're saying, and I, and I do think. But but to me, that's just a reflection of how unsturdy I believe the Nuggets to be. I, now, maybe, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of superficial, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of a, a lot of superficial sort of filling up this team full of confidence with saying Jamal Murray's a bad man after game one. That's what you say after a clinching game. Because is anybody saying Jamal Murray's a bad man or are they just saying Jamal Murray was really bad in game two? Yeah, I mean, it's the latter. It's Jamal Murray after game one. Is this the return of Bubble Murray? Well, well, then what was last night? The popping of Bubble Murray? Right, (laughs) right, exactly. And and, Right, no, I totally agree with all of that. And I still, for all the people who are coming at me for being overconfident in the series, I just don't trust the Nuggets pedigree. I don't. Uh, look, Nikola Jokic is a very consistent, very formidable player, and, and they do have a much uh, a much better cohesion of a rotation than the Suns do. This is not a team that can't be overcome. Now, if they advance, if they if they just scramble and advance, and then they got to play the Warriors next round, okay, I, I'm not going to feel great about their chances. But again, we, we've got to find out what's up with Chris Paul. If this is a if this is a strain, he's Day to day. If this is a grade one, he's seven to ten. Anything worse than that, he's done for the postseason. That's basically what that abductor strain is all about. If if it's if it's just very very mild, it's day to day. I don't think it's very very mild. If it's grade one, seven to ten. So you might get him back a little later on. Um, but but I just don't I just don't think Chris Paul if this was two years ago yeah this would have been uh, maybe a death sentence but I just I, I think Chris Paul the state of his game with all due respect to him isn't something that can't be compensated and as I said many times I've got a sneaking suspicion this might actually work out for the Suns because they do need to play with more energy and pace and youth. Well, certainly, if changes need to be made, sometimes if the change is made for you, it can work out. I do agree with that. And going back to the fan thing before before we move on to to our next segment, um, you know, if you're a fan and you are frustrated and you're headed to the game, use that as your opportunity. Yes. I mean, that fan base we've seen them at their best, and they've been consistent for the past three postseasons and being really great. Unleash hell, make it really difficult on the Nuggets to operate. You have that power. We've seen it all over the postseason. Um, you can also uh, text the word playoff, or excuse me, ticket to 620-620 to score Suns playoff tickets. It's the hottest ticket in town. Register, listen for your name starting tomorrow in the 7, noon, and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. That's ticket to 620-620. Coming up next, we'll talk to our old friend Mark Schlereth from uh, 104.3 The Fan in Denver, where Bick is broadcasting live from today. That's next. It's uh, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Denver Nuggets up 2-0 on the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference semifinals after a 97-87 win last night. Series headed back to the uh, Valley for Game 3 on Friday night. Bick broadcasting live for a second straight morning from uh, Denver, from the studios of our sister station, 104.3 The Fan in Denver, where we're now joined by our old friend Mark Schlereth, who uh, checks in here Don't on Bickley Don't call him old, Vinny. Yeah, I didn't mean it like chronologically. Come on, this is Schlereth-ville we're living in right now. This isn't Denver. <laughs> Mark, how are you, man? Thank you, Mark. Uh, yeah, no, it's my pleasure. I'm doing good. I've missed you guys. How have you been? Likewise, We're good. Man. We're yeah. Good. I, I, hey, where's Sons and Four guys? I like to kick his ass. <laughs> where's that guy? I asked Bickley if he had question, seen him man. or there was any mention of Sons and Four guy in Game One, and I guess I guess he headed for the hills. He had yeah. 15 minutes, and he and he called it a he called it a career. That, that's right. Don't sold show all, up. Yeah, Don't show all, up. Yeah, sold all the t-shirts he could. And, yes, and bounced. Good for him, man. <laughs> Good for and just totally kicked the ass of that he dude did. too. Oh, it was man. not even close. It was he, impressive. No, no, well, those two dudes that were standing above him, they, they misjudged how tall he was because right. it was one road below. Right, yeah. right. Man, what's the old saying? Well, mess around, and find out. Right, <laughs> right. Just mess around, mm-hmm. find out. But I got something for you, sons and four guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't really. Are we? Right. Are we? Is, is there going to be the emergence of a Nuggets and four guy because they're up to nothing? We're and thinking about. We're it. thinking about. Sending one down. Yeah, maybe I should just volunteer and roll out to... It depends on what happens in Game 3, whether I go down to Phoenix or not for uh, Nuggets and 4 guy. But I, I tell you what, like to me, and this will probably piss uh, Phoenix off, but that series is over. Really? Like, well, here's the thing. Last night I saw something like that was we emptied our tank. The Phoenix Suns emptied. They did something they haven't done all year. They played defense. Like, they, they just emptied the tank. And you had a terrible shooting night from Murray, from Porter Jr., and from Aaron Gordon, and you still lost. Like, that is, mm. that's a gut punch. And I was telling I was on my show talking about going back to a, a game. We lost a, in a divisional round when I was with the Broncos here to Jacksonville, and it was the biggest gut punch, um, it, it, but it was the catalytic event that that led us to winning back-to-back world championships. The next year, Jacksonville comes back here in the playoffs, and we opened a can of whoop-ass. <laughs> I mean, we put 300 yards rushing on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now I was like 27 days out of back surgery, and I came back to play that game, and I was sitting in my locker, and I was, like, I was hurting. Like, it made me, I was in pain. And I never forget just the satisfaction I had sitting in my locker going, man, I feel like absolute garbage, but can you imagine what they feel like? <laughs> like they just got their asses kicked. And I thought the same thing last night. I go, man, they just sold out. I mean, sold out. There's that. So you trust the pedigree of the Nuggets? To, to to have that kind of killer instinct, I just I just one I trust kind of the chip on the shoulder of the Nuggets, and I saw some toughness. Like one, you have to in the NBA, and, and I think it was remember Chuck Daly. Mm-hmm. I think it'll go all the way back to Chuck Daly. You've got to get permission from NBA players to coach them, and. Michael Malone has permission. Like, you guys are in Phoenix. I can't tell you how many times Michael Malone has come out and just absolutely 
throwing his whole team under the bus for uh-huh. lack of defense and lack of toughness and lack, like he'll call them out. Call them soft. Right. Yeah. Call them soft. Mm-hmm. And they've responded every step of the way. But here's what I saw that impresses me because I think this is really hard to do in any walk of life, right? To, to really be, to really be genuine and to really be humble enough to take on a different role. Aaron Gordon came to Denver as kind of a, a budding superstar from Orlando. He, he defensively, man, he was phenomenal. And using that big body and leaning, being able to stay out there, guard a wing, be able to stay out there and make sure every shot. I think Durant probably, I think he was 10 of 27. Yeah. But I think he probably took two clean shots. Everything else was contested. contested. Yeah. And you're leaning on him, and his body blows. He's, what, one for or two for 12 or one for 12 from three-point line. Yeah. Like, there's there's that body blow aspect to that that I really respect. Here's a guy that accepted a different role. There's a, a, a spirit of service in doing that. And then the other thing is, like, just pushing the right buttons. Here is Murray, Jamal Murray, just having a horrific night shooting. But it's Porter that's sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter, and you put Murray back in, one, because of the two-man game between he and the Joker. They just have a connection that gets easy buckets in the two-man game. And the other is, even though he was, like, horrific, there was never a Debbie Downer, like, you know, pouty attitude. He just kept playing his ass off. And, like, those are... Those are two things that I look at kind of, you know, they don't show up in the stat box, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that just give me great, a great feel that this team has got, you know, they got, it's it's like, you ever been driving down the freeway and you see the Ford (laughs) F-250 with a big trailer hitch and it's got them big cow nuts hanging off the bottom of it? Like, they got these cow yarbles right now. They're walking around, their clackers are just clacking, right? They just got them out, they're like... Man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. They sit down. They gotta control their 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 nethers. Like I gotta pick my nethers up just to sit in this chair. <laughs> that's how they're operating. Yeah, that's how they're mm-hmm. operating right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it's a good yeah, point. The connectivity is something that is obviously a major advantage. I and mean, the eight players played last night for the Nuggets. Those guys have been together since day one this year. Uh, you know, the Suns are still a very, very much a work in progress now. Sure, Kevin Durant is a guy that ideally can overcome that difference, but that was not the case last night, as you pointed out. Yeah, and I don't know, like, Chris Paul, I don't know where you're scoring. If if they can continue to defend Booker, and he, Booker's going to get his, but you defend him, you make the night tough, you make them work, you make Durant work, where's the scoring going to come from? Bismarck A is not going to, like, he's a, he's a rapper, he's not a, like, so, I'm like, yeah, so, so where where is this, where's the secondary scoring coming from the Phoenix Suns? It's not happening. <laughs> All right, we're going to grind gears here, Oz, because you did some studying. I mean, you actually put work in for this segment, man. I know, I know. I, I, you guys asked me to come on, so I went back and uh, and actually dug into to some of your draft picks. And now, I was te- well, I was texting with Jonathan Gann because Gann is a buddy of mine, and um, told him, man, I've been... Like I know what you're saying right now, uh, Big. I, I am, and I am. Yes, you're correct. I am freaking yoked, um, and I've been lifting, and and I tell you what, I'm strong as ten men right now, and I feel really good about. It. I'm a little heavy, but uh, I was telling Gannon, I like I, I might could make a comeback. 
And um, but then you know we decided we went back and forth, and then the the overall consensus for me, not so much Gannon, but for me was uh, Michael Bidwell can't afford me, so uh, I, I decided not to and not to unretire. I'm going to stay retired, but. Uh. Um, I love the Paris Johnson pick. Okay. Um, you know, really, like, really fluid, like, really fluid, good. And, and, and again, you know, that you look at, you look at the Arizona Cardinals, and I know we get enamored with talent. Like, we get enamored with, with periphery talent, right? And guys who can catch the ball and guys who can run fast and, you know, do all those things. But boy, you know, the big part of this is if you can't dominate line of scrimmage, and you can't dictate in the running game, especially in the red zone. I, I don't care how dynamic you are; you're, you're never going to win. And we talked a bunch oh, about yeah. this and the way they're built. So I love, I love that pick. I, I like the Jonathan Gain, or the John Gaines pick as uh-huh. well because you know I don't know how good he is, but I know one thing, man. That dude's got a rocket up his ass. He's just shot <laughs> off a cannon. Like when you watch him on film, that so helps. I, I love that aspect. Um, Ojolari, the the pass rusher, you, you mm-hmm. want to talk about it? Like I watched him, I watched him run down that Anthony Richardson guy. He like, gets after him. right. He can he can flat out turn a corner. Uh, also in in today's football, a guy that can come off the edge and play what we used to call spinner. And spinner means I come in and I'll line up as kind of a linebacker. I'll line up over your guard. If I can get singled up in a pass, then then I'm a stand-up player inside. I've seen him do some of that stuff. So um, I really, I, I really like kind of where they, where they, what they drafted, where they drafted. It, you know, to me, a lot good, of the players man. look pretty good. Yeah. yeah, getting your seal of approval matters because they were way too soft of a football time. What well, team? Well, thank you, brother. Keep your clackers clacking. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Stay Just think of me when you got that Ford 250 rolling down with them big clackers hanging off the trailer hitch. That's exactly what I look like right now. Exactly. Identical. Mark, you're Thank the best. You. Thanks, you got it. See you, buddy. Mark Schlereth. You'll hear him for, during football season. Now you're hearing him during basketball season with us from 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Kind enough to join us for a few. We'll be, uh... You might want to get that checked out, honestly. <laughs> Keep your clackers clacking. Uh, social Studies with Sarah Gazelle is up next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.